Isten hozta a string attached-hoz. You are listening to Strings Attached. I am Asaf Maoz. There are not so many people that I find that inspire me, that give me so much positive energy. My guest today, Gabo Takac, is one of these people. I've met him many years ago in Verbier, and since then, I find that every time we meet, I get recharged with positive energy and great new ideas. So before we begin, I just remind you, subscribe so you never miss anything. And also, if you know someone who needs some positive energy or anything of this sort, send them this episode. I think they would like it. Thank you, Asaf, that you invited me for this program. So I am, my name is Gábor Takács Nagy. I was born in Budapest, Hungary. None of my parents were musicians. From the age of eight, I started to play violin. At the age of 19, at the Liszt, Franz Liszt Music Academy, we formed the Tokaj String Quartet. And I played in this, this quartet for 17 years. <clears throat> we traveled all around, all around the world. In 92, left the quartet due to hand problems, right hand problems. And after still played violin, I was concertmaster of the Budapest Festival Orchestra under Ivan Fischer for eight years. In the same time, formed the piano trio. But from 2002, I started to conduct. And if I may say something also, there, there was one crucial moment in my life which a little bit turned my, my brain and, and blood towards conducting. I was still in the Tokashvartet in 91, and we played with George Scholte, the Chicago Symphony's um, artistic director, Mozart Piano Quartet in London and Vienna. He, he was a brilliant pianist, and during a rehearsal in his London house, he turned to me in Hungarian, because he was Hungarian also, Gabor, you could be a brilliant conductor because your body language is totally clear. This was in, in 91, and it still remained in me, and in 2002, since 2002, I am conducting, and I was lucky to meet you, Asaf, in the Verbier Chamber Orchestra, in Verbier. I will start with a simple question. Do you like music? Oh, I love music. Why do you like it so much? So, so for so many things, I am so untalented, not practical, driving my dear wife crazy in practical life. But something in music, I feel, you know what I feel? It is feeling me. I feel, I feel I can heal people with music. Because for me, music is um, spiritual medicine. I feel I am not genius, of course not, because I, I know so many geniuses, they have extraordinary dimensions, but I feel that I have antennas to the geniuses, something from the, the spiritual messages. So what was attractive for you to start a string quartet? You, coming, you are coming from, um, you know, we study as an early age to become a soloist. We train to be the best alone. And then... You decide one day or with friends to start a quartet. What was the attraction in this idea? I'm answering, but I'm going a little bit before. At the age of 16, I, I quit violin playing <clears throat> because I had lots of pains and I thought I am not 
enough talented. I was very motivated person and I wanted to be very, very good in my what I'm doing, but I felt I am not. I'm not so good. At the age of 16, stopped. 17, started again. and But I knew my, my psychological personality, psychologically, I am not a kind of soulist person. Plus, I am, of course, I heard recording Haifa, Zuckerman, Perman, um, you know, Chrysler. It's, 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 was, I, I knew that it's, I'm by far not like them. And I always liked chamber music pieces at the age of 14 I, I loved I never collected Haifetz CDs doesn't mean that he was not a mega genius but I ne- never had in my violin case a soloist photo so how did you know who to play with how did you choose the people that you chose yes play but with? they chose me so I was I was very lucky uh, when I was 17 years old 17 and a half Andras Feyer, who is still in the Tokashwarte, the cellist, my friend Andras, formed, uh, talked to Gabor Ormai, who was our viola player. We were still in the, not in the music academy, but we were in the middle school called Bela Bartok Middle Music School. They, they talked to each other saying, we, we'd, li- we'd like to, we must make a string quartet. Because in the music academy there are three phenomenal teachers George Kurtag, Ferenc Rados, and Andras Mihai. So, and they wanted also a good quartet. And Gabor, the viola player, heard me at the age of 17 and a half in a student concert and, and told Andras that he has something, he has colors, he's a real musician. So they invited, they talked to me, and when we got into the music academy, we started as a string trio. We did not have second violin. And it was so, so I was invited and I immediately loved the idea. I thought, so somewhere fate, somewhere above us, there is an, um, above us um, a, a force or something which is seeing things. I, I was favored by this extra force. I met them. Three people, we were together, but so it was so difficult to find a good second violin because if somebody was talented and you know this, it's, it's logical. Everybody, I want to be first violin. And the second violin is unbelievably important because the Amadeus Quartet, whom we loved very much, they told that a string quartet as good as the second violin is good. Now, anyway, so we did not find anybody. And once I went to play football, we were still string trio. In 1974, we, we went to lessons as string trio. But we still knew that quartet is our field. And Karo Schranz was a very good football player. I met him during a football match. But he was fantastic. I, I was not, I loved much more football than I was talented. But he was very good. And suddenly somebody told me when, in the interval of the football match, that this Karchi, this um, Karoy, is a very good violinist. And, and I've seen that super um, uh, sympathetic, fantastic humor alive, somebody is alive, and they're saying he's a very good violinist and full with life. And we asked him, would you come, would you come to just read um, quartets? Just a little bit. And we met, and immediately we knew, after, after, you know, after eight bars or 16, yes, you know. And it was these four of us, and 
they proved even later, I'm jumping now, the, the story, after 92 when I left them, they were still unbelievably successful and, and, and world class level. So all three were a, a fantastically talented person. So I, I'm really the luckiest person in the world. Could you, did you imagine that the quartet is going to be the center of your life, that you're going to perform all around the world for 17 years in this, with the same people? You're waiting for the answer, no. But on the other hand, when we started and we felt we have a, a big affinity for, for each other and we felt something is really working without, without saying we understood each other, plus we started to have lessons with our phenomenal teachers, we knew, oh, oh here is a potential. And I still remember when I, we just played s three months together, there was a party, somebody's birthday party, one of my friends in his apartment in Budapest, and I drank too much wine, I was 20, or, and I told everybody, look, we will have a quartet, you will see it will be fantastic quartet. They, they will know all around the world, and everybody thought, of course, drink a little bit even more. So <laughs> But I remember... No, not for success or money or something, but for fulfilling something. Um, yes, uh, yes, we felt that we can, we can do it. And I have to say, in a string quartet, many, many string quartet starts, and if not coming success within one, two, or three years, one or two person might doubt that this enormous effort is worthwhile. And we are big, um, maybe you would have asked this, maybe I'm jumping a little bit. Our big luck was that we started in 1975, October, and 1977, May, just one and a half year later, we won the Evian in France quartet competition. So all of us were motivated But one or two of us, not me and Charlie, they also worked, but they thought, oh, they, they were... Anyway, I'm not talking negatively about them, but they think, oh, Jesus, we're practicing four or five hours every day, and, 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 and probably if without the, the proof of winning an international competition, one of them would have maybe, no, I, I'd like to do something else. I'm jumping a little bit ahead. This year I met the director of the film that is called A Late Quartet. In the film, I don't know if you saw it, he's telling the story of a string quartet. And the, when I met him, he told me, they showed this film of mine in uh, the Banff uh, Quartet competition. And one of the judges was one of your friends from the Takac Quartet. And... He came to the director of the film after the, the movie and he told him, did you make this film about us? Because the film is talking about a quartet and the cellist of the quartet gets sick, he gets Parkinson's and he has to quit. And then there is a fight or an argument between the first and the second violinist. Who will play first or second violin now that they're changing the formation of the quartet? At some point, you had to stop playing. And... I'm asking this not in order to, to pry in your uh, um, abilities, but I'm wondering how does one that is so used to play and play beautifully on stage and 
there is this moment that you realize, okay, now the music will go on without me as a violinist. How, how do you deal with this moment? I will be dead honest with you, and, and it will sound infantile, but I will be honest. It, it was shocking. Suddenly I thought, I'm not playing in the, our quartet. I'm not playing music. And I was shocked that people going around the, the world and on the street the same way. The rain is arriving the same way. Everything the same. Suddenly I realized it was shocking. And suddenly I realized what will happen when I am going away from this world. Everything goes on. Thanks God, I had a father. I, I think I inherited my father's genetics, uh, genes, but not gen- the genes, the character. In, after the 1956 revolution against the Soviet Union, he got seven years in prison. And in the prison, as soon as he went into the prison, he was a brilliant economist, but there learned radio technique plus how to bind books and scores because he knew he will lose his job So it was an example in front of me that somebody was even in more in trouble than me now. Imagine in a, in a um, communist regime prison, seven years, and you have small children. But he did not give up. So somewhere, I was in, in a terrible state, of course, but somewhere inside I knew that I might come. I, something might have to happen. What, what was the best advice? That someone gave you in during this time that you had to to stop playing do you remember any any advice of uh, of such yes I had a friend one of them Peter held who was in in London a businessman who we always stayed with him he was unbe nice even I almost has tear now he he told me in the telephone when I left and say Gabor you must uh, you must trust you you have something in talent in you and there is a Jewish saying which, which the the hazak what is this hazak thing strong very strong gabor strong because you have to you have to fight for yourself and I had children I this this hazak and this speech that somebody very emotionally talking to me believe in me he believed in me I also my wife Leslie was always saying you you don't give up you you feel in some form of music making you still will come back but also I was lucky again the luck factor that as soon as I left the quartet Ivan Fischer and Zoltan Kocis who were the leader of the Budapest Festival Orchestra immediately offered me concert master job but I told them I need half a year I have to start again from zero playing the violin uh, learning the violin and I started to learn from zero and And in 93, May, I started to be concert master, so at least I had some job. Now we are sitting here. It's been many years since you had to stop. And now in retrospect, you're looking back. Do you think you dealt well with yourself psychologically? Do you think that you could do it better in a way, you know, in, in the mind? I'm asking because I'm curious about myself. If I would have to quit playing now, I don't know how my... My body that is so used to do this since so many years, how would I deal with it mm-hmm. uh, without this in my life? I think I'm, I'm somewhere satisfied what happened. I, these things that I never gave up believe in me. I think this was good. On the other hand, 
I don't want to act as the Mr. Wise Guy, which I am not. I did so many stupid things in my life, but in this uh, road, I think I I was good. I, I was good. Of course, the small details are these stupid things. But, yes, it's a difficult question. Everybody's life is different. But, but Asaf, sorry, as I thought about something. Also gave me a strong belief that I can come back because I knew the contrast between my uh, musical talent and outside of music, my practical and everyday talent is I'm not very high. I'm not a stupid person, but I knew I still, this is, the, I, I am a fish who need the water, the music. Subconsciously. Difficult question. We could talk probably hours about this. I'm curious because I'm curious about how, how do we deal with ourselves, you know? It's so difficult. We give ourselves, as, as we learn the instrument, so, so much hard time to improve, to get better, to do yes. well on stage, and suddenly it's taken away from you. Yes, but again, the luck factor, because they offer the job immediately. So it wasn't like, yes, you're right. Without the offer of the Budapest Festival Orchestra, that, that nothing, nothing, maybe wouldn't have happened everything like this. But because I had an offer and they waited me to any second joining as a concertmaster, this half a year violin study again, I had a goal. You understand? If, if we don't have a, an offer or something, still I would have practiced, but probably m many times the, the practicing would have ended with um, drinking two bottles of wine. <laughs> but with this kind of uh, future possibility, did not finish with wine drinking. Or <laughs> We are sitting now in Verbier, where I met you for the first time, and I keep coming to the festival to play with you, with my friends, of course, but... There's something about the way you make music that I find that is inspiring for me. And I'm going to tell you something that you usually tell us, which I tell sometimes my students or friends. Many times when we play, you tell us, you know, you're playing it very digitally. Maybe you should think about, instead of writing an email, write a letter. And there is something so romantic about your way of seeing music. I'm very curious to know how did you get this romantic attitude towards music when you cannot perform it? I mean, you're making other people do this wonderful music. Thank you for your saying nice things. And actually, I have to say also, it's ideal with you because you're leading now Beethoven Ninth Symphony and I feel that we, we feel the same way about music making. But back to the story. Can I answer a little bit long, twice, two minutes? So I, I grew up with a mother. I did not know at this time. My mother had always depression problem. But of course, in the communist time, it was taboo to talk about depression. All in my childhood, and I, I heard that my mother has back problem. That's why he has to, she has to lay on the bed long hours. When I went home, since the age of two, three, I was much more interested about how my mother saying hello to me or how are you, much more the way and the color than what she is saying. Because 
I already developed if she was saying, hello, how are you? I knew it's, it's something strange. But if, if she told me, hello, how are you? It was everything okay. So, and in music, as we know, you know, of course, very well, that everything in the score, but the most important, never, because the colors and, and the way how is never, is dynamic cannot or Dolce Espressivo say it. So with learn, growing up with a mother and with this mysterious illness or strange things developed in me that I am listening much more colors and the inside values than the outside physicality. This is one of the questions, this is, this is strengthened me. And the other is, if I am very honest, I never learned to be conductor student. And of course, this is a profession. Of course, you have to be very clever and, and good physically. To, so I am a kind of self-made conductor. I know that I have a little weakness in this, obvious. And, but I know I have something else this kind of spiritual radiation feelings, and I instinctly I am showing this. This is something like this. You have the quality or the ability, and you even say it once in a while, I'm not going to give you the negative example, I'm going to give you the positive yes. way. Why is it important to you to give the positive way? Many teachers or many musicians, we immediately criticize, it's the instinct, And we always try to find the blame. Why is it important for you to show the positive picture? Because I realized in the Budapest Music Academy, I went for, we had to go for orchestra studies. And there was, I'm not saying the name, but there was a genius, a fantastic genius, not internationally known. And he was musically a genius, but psychologically, He, he, he was a horror for us, making, um, so whilst he was saying phenomenal things about Mozart, Schubert, and, and, and about harmonies, and ta-da-da-da-da, the way he, he talked to us, it was so negative that I remember I came out from orchestra, I could play only half bow, and I realized why he has to talk so negatively. And Later, in the string quartet, also we realized that if we're telling each other, you are again out of tune, these kind of things, it's um, poisoning the whole atmosphere. And once in a quartet rehearsals, we, we told each other, let's not say negative words. Let's talk to each other with trust. And instead of saying, you are again out of tune, um, say it, Can you listen a little bit more carefully here, the intonation? Or if it wasn't together something, we're not saying, you are again late. But we, we, we thought, started to tell in the rehearsal, wow, can you feel my pulsation? So, and, and this rehearsal was phenomenal. I mean, it really was good. And later I started to teach, and I realized, if you, if you, you don't have to be a genius for this. You don't have to be a psychiatrist. If you criticizing without giving the trust and the belief, they also won't believe in themselves and the whole lesson they will play worse and worse. And I, so the, the Hungarian saying, I developed a sense, I'm talking for you, not because of you. Plus meeting 
Bernard Haitink in Luzern was the last stamps on it. Bernard Haitink, the great conductor who had in Luzern a house, he died some years ago. I visited him. He told me, you know, Gabor, <clears throat> I never forget this. Uh, many, many of my colleagues makes a big mistake because they're showing too much ego. If you going, because I told Mr. Heiting, look, I am not a, a conductor, conductor. I have some weaknesses that I am not a conductor, conductor. And he's saying, Gabor, if the orchestra players feel that you love more them and the music than your own ego, they will follow you. They will understand you. And was saying, a conductor's job, conductor is, is not power or money or criticizing people, never criticize them, just help them and inspire them. And he also told the same. If orchestra are not together, you don't have to say, no, it's not together. You say, okay, once again, listen the flute, feel the same. So he was also saying, if you only talk positively, at the end they will dare to play. Does it this kind of, all kinds of things. Two years ago, we played here the uh, Edvozak Symphony you were conducting, and I was playing a concertmaster. And there is a, a small violin solo there in the, in the symphony. And I, I was a little bit nervous before the solo. And then on stage in the concert, one second before the solo starts, you gave me the biggest smile. And in this instant, I relaxed. Now, I... I want to say admire you for doing this, but I'm curious, how did you have this instinct? How did you know that I might be nervous from this small solo that it will help me to overcome my nervousness, my fear, whatever, and it will... First of all, I also played this solo and, and I know half psychologically difficult that you play in the orchestra, you hardly hear your voice and suddenly... You hear your own voice, it's almost more um, nerve-wracking than playing in a string quartet. So first of all, I knew that is, uh, and it's a very fragile, uh, double stop. So I knew that you need help. But one story which gave me this smile, you know what is it? Yehudi Menuhin and David Oisrach played a concert. And I heard from Jeremy Menuhin, um, uh, Yehudi Menuhin's son, He was saying that <clears throat> in the first half, Oisrach played Brahms' violin concerto and Menuhin conducted. And, and Yehudi Menuhin. And Yehudi Menuhin later told to his son, Oisrach played so phenomenally that in the interval, my legs were shaking because in the second half we changed Beethoven violin concerto. Me, Yehudi Menuhin plays violin, Oisrach conducts. And Menuhin saying... <clears throat> I'm saying in the report because all of, who is interested about music of course knows that Menuhin was a phenomenal genius and huge but but also he had some 
hand problems or something. Um, and Menuhin told to his son, when I started the, the famous octaves in the, most, uh, the, um, the Beethoven violin concerto, suddenly I lost the, uh, the synchron between the two hands. And in this very second, Oysrak looked at me with the most beautiful smile and suddenly went back. And I got into trouble, according to Menuhin. Sometimes the bow started to shake. Intonation was a little bit strange. Always in the worst moments when the brain can go to negativism, Oysrak turned to me with a smile. So these two together that I know how difficult is this Dvorak solo, um, um, I, I, I don't want to, to talk like I'm an angel or something. I have stupid things in my life. But at least I know what is it psychologically to help somebody on stage. Maybe because I went through unbelievably difficult things, fears and everything on stage before I left the quartet. So I know how much is, is mental, our profession. When one looks at your score... There's so many details there. You are digging to find more and more details. How do you know when to stop? How do you know, not only in your brain, but in the rehearsal, how do you know that it's enough? We have enough. Is there enough details? Or is always more? Ooh, it's a brilliant question. I have to say, I did not know always. I did not know always, but in recently, in the last months, I started to feel, I started to feel that doesn't have to say every detail, because if I am making our musicians around me sensitive for this or this detail, they will be also more sensitive if I'm showing, uh, they will do the other details. And also, Mikhail Pletnev, The, the brilliant pianist and, and uh, conductor, half a year ago, heard me conducting, anyway, not, not, not important where and when, but heard me, Lin Symphony, I was conducting. He was in the public. He came there and was saying, now this was gold for me. He's saying, Gabor, he congratulated. He told me, yes, I love this and this and this. And I felt in his voice, the butt is coming very soon. The bat came. But I have to tell you something. As a pianist, I played with the, the greatest uh, conductors, really great musicians, and they know they have fantastic details, like you have details, but in the same time, they never forget the whole line. Um, so so the, the whole en entity, like how you say, the, the whole flow of the whole movement, and once you did the Lin Symphony, especially in the first movement, I felt that you like a drug going in for timing, skull or tarata, but I felt that you're not feeling the forest because you're just watching the different trees. Now this was something. But now I have, of course, I have the annoying question. We work on details and colors and blah, blah, blah. Does the audience realize that it's there? Who, now this is a phenomenal question because one of the side of me saying that the public shockingly not hearing many things which we almost have heart attack. On the other hand, before anybody starts to get angry with me who hearing this conversation, on the other hand, they hear, maybe they do not realize what we're doing, 
But if this super sensitivity coming, they got a message. It's coming from deeply. Something is not routine. Um, you know, so they hear, but they do not know what happened. But they they getting into the our fairy tale land because my feeling that public is watching television, um, uh, theater, a film, or going to concerts because they want to go back to childhood. They want to hear a fairy tale. We, they want to forget their own problems and going into a storytelling. You started conducting quite late, in a later age, without proper conducting education. Do you think you could have gotten further in your career if you started earlier and gotten better education? Yes. Clear, yes. On the other hand, <laughs> in brackets, I have to say something. But this kind of, this kind of uh, inside m mysterious nervousness that I'm not a real conductor also strengthens my other strengths. So yes and no. Even today I feel that I made a mistake somewhere. Around 10, 15 years ago, should have stopped conducting and for one year with a master who is teaching conducting through music not technical technique because this is sorry sorry to say is producing all over the world i'm not thinking of course anybody now shockingly very good technical conductors and and the result is is not going into the heart because they not from music so yes um, yes i would be i would be higher a little bit Some years ago, I came to you and I told you, you know, I just saw, I watched on YouTube, Carlos Kleibel conducting. And your response was, oh, you also discovered Carl Carlos Kleibel. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about this man? Why do you admire him, I think? Why do you, you look up to this person? First of all, before I seen him conducting already, I remember, what was it? Brahms Second Symphony. CD, I, I, wow, the, the, the colors, the timing and everything was how I learned music, something very near and, and unbelievable, fantastic details, but in the same time, it, it, it's the whole flow, I felt the whole piece. But when I seen him conducting, I, I thought, oh, what a pity that I never played with him, because he really, what he, how can he show it It's out of the world. It's it's um, details plus the whole line in it, and and even aesthetic to watch it. So so I'm, I mean, as a musician, it's even beautiful to watch. But if if I may say something, <clears throat> he's for me a kind of Michael Jordan, Roger Federer. If I am watching, I'm not sure I can learn from him because he's. Um, he is a kind of Maria Callas or you know Federer, Michael Jordan. I'm learning from more watching today's brilliant conductors. Of course, not telling the names that are brilliant, who are a little bit more human in in gestures. For instance, the Beethoven Ninth Symphony. After I will tell you with whom I watched, who I can almost not. I never will be physically as good as him, but very near to me, brilliant conductor, very famous, and I can learn from him more than from Michael, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, <laughs> Carlos Kleiber. 
with the years you've became a teacher an educator you taught numerous quartets and and, and I don't know how many master classes of chamber music do you feel that in this way you are continuing the tradition that you took from from Hungary from the your fantastic teachers back in the, in your youth yes I feel that I have a kind of mission to give this how I learn music and it's It's such a such a huge happiness and fulfilling feeling when you feel suddenly they they playing the inside values, not the outside things about about the music. Can I say something? Also when my father died uh, through this tragical event, I also learned something about music. Before we, we buried him in 92, I wanted to see him in the coffin, and I went there, and I hardly could recognize him. This is my father, that is not him. And my wife was saying, look, the soul went out from him. You've seen only the letter, oh, oh, sorry, made a mistake. You've seen only the envelope without letter. And in this very second, I, even now I goose, have a goosebumper now, I realized what we're seeing in the score is only the envelope, but we have to play the letter. And, and, but, and I just realized through my father's this, this is what our phenomenal teachers taught us, what is behind, behind the, the physicality. We spoke a little bit about it, that in, in your days or my days as a student, We had to go to the library to listen to records or, or CDs to research, to fall in love with music or musicians. And nowadays, everything is in your palm. You know, you have your, your iPhone and you look on YouTube or whatever. But the students are less curious. The curiosity is not there as it used to be, maybe. How do you help youngsters to be more curious, to look for their favorite piece, their favorite performer. Their, their, it doesn't even have to be classical music. It can be anything. How do you as inspire people to want to learn? I'm going back to what I try to tell them. It's when George Kurtag, I was 19 and a half years old, and we studied Schumann's string quartet slow movement. And he was saying... Gabor, do not concentrate on the outside dynamic and do, down bow, up bow, vibrato, non-vibrato. Can you please feel somewhere with your somewhere inner voice what is the message behind the notes? And I'm saying, yes, Mr. Kurtak, yes, but maybe I'm too young or something. No, I'm telling you something. And he told me this. You will realize that you're not listening what I am saying, but how. And he told me, Gabor, you are very talented. I love, uh, like working with you. And after he told me, Gabor, you are very talented. I like working with you. But I could say again, Gabor, you are very talented. So the, the voice, the, the, the message, the, so I start many times talking to them and they have to talk also to me. Uh, many times in lessons I am telling, we not have a lesson before you not saying a sentence with emotions in it, something, anything. But if you're not radiating the, the values of the verse, uh, you're not feeling what a musician has to do also. 
this is, I think, a very good method. And this is, on the other hand, I don't know, with, with my way, it sounds a little bit not modest, but they finding always end of the lessons that they playing with a diff, total different way and more satisfying and more complex way than before the lesson starts. And again, before the, anybody thinks I'm weak-headed, I'm just saying again, heard here in Verbier, much more genial uh, music, uh, teachers teaching, I mean musicians, but they did not have this result because they were negative. So it's, it's a long stories. In your lifespan so far, you played the violin alone, and then you played the quartet. Then you became a conductor, which is alone, but you work with a group. And you are a sports fanatic fan. And you love tennis, which is individuals, but you love football, which is a team. So I'm curious, are you a team player or a soloist? No, I'm a team player. I am a team player. And maybe I already told you the story, but I've, I think the, your dear listeners will find it very interesting. I met Pep Guardiola, Manchester City's manager, three years ago in Manchester. You know, he was the famous Barcelona team's manager, the Lionel Messi, Xavi, Iniesta, fantastic team. And I went to him and, and I told, they introduced to me after a match. I had five minutes with him. I'm very sympathetic. And I told him, Mr. Guardiola, we're doing the same things. I'm conducting, I'm not playing a note, but I like to bring out from around me, from the, my musician, musicians, the, their 100% potential, if it's possible, but in the way that they are having team spirit. He's saying, and, and you doing the same, because you're you just sitting there, you're not playing, not playing the football, but with, with, you also want, want this. He's saying, yes, exactly. I never thought that a conductor and a football trainer does the same. And he's saying, I am going, I'm, before anybody goes out, my teams, I'm telling them, go out, put down your ego. All of you, just love for each other and for the people who who watching you. Um, everybody has to help everybody. Nobody must judge the others or yourself. Um, maybe it's not your best day. It's not a problem. If you helping others every second, you still fulfilling things. And if no ego and everybody helps everybody the flow feeling can come and five zero. It is very interesting that no ego, no judgment, but helping each other. My last question. You are inspiring other people. You give this positive way. You are educating, you're conducting. You give a lot of energy. You are almost like the energizer bunny. How do you recharge? How do you <laughs> regain this energy? Maybe I, I inherited from my father. Was I, I have a motor inside, something. I love music so much. I hardly can wait to, I don't know. Look, I love what I'm doing. And, and, and somebody asked Maria Callas in a Juilliard um, masterclass, anybody can find on the YouTube, a soprano asking Maria Callas, Madam, how can I be after you worked with me one hour, how can be a better soprano, a singer? And Kalas immediately in English answering, 
love even more what you do. I love talking to Gabo. Every single time, I feel like I'm learning something new. So thank you very much, Gabo, for giving me the time. I would be very happy to hear from you, your thoughts, and what you picked up from this positive energy that Gabo is spreading around. Feel free to write on the Facebook page, Strings Attached Podcast, or to my email, asafpodcast at gmail.com. I would be very happy to hear from you. You listen to Strings Attached. I'm Asaf Moz.